Christ Community Church, located at 25th and Thomas Avenue in Portsmouth, Ohio. Christ Community meets on Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 10.30 a.m. For more information, visit www.christcommunity.net or check out our Facebook page. Good morning. Wow. Boy, I'll have to tell Matthew about this. Everybody's alive and, and sounding mighty ambitious, and uh, I don't know, I guess you're ready for something. But we praise God for being here today and for this uh, honor and privilege to be able to stand before you and to share God's Word with you. Amen. Oh, listen at you. Amen. And uh, we just praise the Lord for that. Uh, uh, Andrew mentioned about thunder. Now, I, I'm, not, I'm not crazy. I can get crazy, but I, I'm not crazy yet. But uh, uh, as, as they used to say, you just kind of mind the Lord. And whatever way God takes you, that's the way you go. Amen? Praise the Lord. So we're just happy to be here and to uh, see all of you here today. And I know you do this every Sunday. You're always here. Amen? So it's not just to see what I'm going to say or my, my uh, presentation, but you, you do this every Sunday, don't you? Yeah, all right. Okay. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bow before your presence. We give you praise and glory for your greatness and goodness. We ask your blessings now on this part of the service as your word goes forth, that it may be with clarity that those that receive it will be able to apply it to the everyday walk of life. Help us, O oh God, as we strive to be like you and to walk in your ways and to obey your commands. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 We've got uh, so much going on in the world today that um, it's just getting mind-boggling and confusing for, for us all. But the one thing that has not changed is God's Word. Huh? Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Right? And uh, y'all have to talk back to me a little bit, so I'll know. But, uh, uh, and so when we think about the commandments, and although they've been around forever and ever, and when I was growing up, I used to always hear my mom talk about, you got to obey the Ten Commandments, honey. You know, and... Uh, you know, you can't kill, you can't steal. Those were the ones I used to hear mostly, you know. And don't be lying on one another, bearing false witness. But uh, didn't ever hear much about uh, the uh, uh, second commandment. First was, you know, don't have no other gods. We knew that too. But this second commandment in Exodus 24, 20 and 4, says you shall not. Make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven 
or on the earth or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them nor worship them. For I, the Lord your God, I'm a jealous God, punishing the children of for their sins of the fathers to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. But I'm showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Idolatry, idols are alive and they are well in the world today. Uh, it's just amazing how we can set our affection on things made by man, uh, set our faith and confidence on things made by our own hands, trusting in uh, different artifacts and things, looking for uh, a divine uh, deliverance or answer from a certain thing rather than from the Almighty God. Idolatry is alive and well. Idolatry isn't the diverting mistake of primitive people. Whenever means becomes ends, and whenever things become more important than people, and whenever anything takes the place that God should have, idolatry is still alive. The second commandment forbids us to worship the Lord and anything in any other way than to worshiping the one and true God. It forbids our self-willed worship. I ran into a young man in town the other day. He lives here and I live here and hadn't seen him for years. And, and um, we got to talking about the Word of God and his mindset, his interpretation, or his revelation is so way out there that I could hardly understand what he was talking about. He was taking God's Scripture and making it his own, turning it his way. And then when I would say something, well, yeah, I believe that, but then there's another side to that. And I thought, oh, my. Then I ran into him again in Maysville. Same person. I thought, am I going to get in this conversation again? <laughs> but thank God I was able to keep moving. But because, uh, <laughs> you know, some people are so set in their way that they are not going to change. And, uh, but God forbids us to worship him any other way than in spirit and in truth. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. The idols 
the craftiness of those that have made different artifacts and things. They were meant originally to be a representation of the divine, which would make memory easier and worship more real. It was all right. It's all right to have a cross. I wear them. Surprised I don't have one on today. But I don't wear them because, oh, I got God close to me. Huh? Hanging on me. Better yet, he's in me. Huh? He's in, hallelujah. He's in my blood. He's in my heart. But many look to the crosses, and I'm not condemning them, but I do condemn them if we look at them as long as I got my cross, I'm okay. Some people say, oh, I'll tell them, travel safe now. I got my guardian angel right here, and I always wear one right here. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. This upsets the Lord. God wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth. And you can't do that without having the Spirit. Huh? And so we all must be filled with the Spirit in order to worship Him in spirit and in truth. So bit by bit, superstition uh, turned these symbols into the reality that this is God. This representation into the thing it represented. It becomes their idol, trying to represent God. But when we see what idolatry is, and when we see how it becomes, or it comes into being, it is no longer possible comfortably to feel that in this 21st century, Idolatry is no longer a possibility for a sensible person. We are bound to see that idolatry is an ever-present danger, and it is all the more dangerous in that which was originally meant to be an aid, an aid to worship becomes the barrier to worship. Amen. Because we don't see it as an aid. We see it as the thing, God. And it becomes a barrier. The Scripture says you shall make for yourselves, not make any graven image of any kind. There have been examples of how um, in Bible days how they took different things and turned them into idols. Those man-made things, they turned into idols. They looked at them as good luck charms. They looked at them as their way of saying, uh, this is God. And in the book of 1 Samuel, I thought it was rather interesting that they uh, looked at this. Well, let me read. 1 Samuel 4, 
verses 4 through 7. So the people sent men to Shiloh, and they brought back the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord Almighty, who enthroned the cherubims. Verse 5. And when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant came into the camp, all Israel raised such a great shout that the crowd, the ground shook. Hearing the uproar, the Philistines asked, what's all of this shouting in Hebrew camp about? And when they learned that the ark of the Lord had come into the camp, the Philistines were afraid, afraid of the ark. A God has come into the camp, they said. We're in trouble. Nothing like this has ever happened before. Woe to us. Who will deliver us from the hand of these almighty gods? They are the gods who struck the Egyptians with all kinds of plagues in the desert. They looked at the ark as sure enough of God and they were afraid things made and things built Jeremiah as well has one here I'll share with you 7th chapter verses 1 through 8 this is the word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah from the Lord Stand in the gate of the Lord of his house and there proclaim this message. Hear the word of the Lord, all you people of Judah who come through these gates to worship the Lord. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Reform your ways and your actions. He says, and I will let you live in this place. Do not trust in deceptive words and say, this is the temple of the Lord. This is the temple of the Lord. The temple of the Lord. If you really change your ways and your actions and deal with, with each other justly. If you do not oppress the alien, the fatherless, or the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place, and if you do not follow other gods to your own harm, then I will let you live in the place, in the land I gave your fathers forever and ever. But look, you're trusting in deceptive words that are worthless. We're putting our trust in deceptive things that are worthless. Things that are made by man. Things that uh, have no life. They have no value. And therefore, this upsets God. He's against this. 
So there are many examples of different things that go on where we strive or we look to other things as our source of help and strength rather than looking to God. The ark, again, as a symbol of a luck charm. Uh, the temples, how many people today worship their temple, their churches, amen. They respect the place of God, the building, handmade, more than they do God himself. Huh? God is only in this building because we that are filled with the Spirit are in this building. When we leave, God's Spirit's gone out of here. Huh? This is a basketball court. Look at it. Look at the floors. Uh, this is a dining room. How many meals have we had in here? These buildings, I don't care how beautiful they are, they are not the temple of the living God. Huh? Not to say God doesn't love art. He doesn't love beauty. I'm not saying that because he does. But again, the message is he is against things made and then used for divine results. Things that are going to, we think, or bring us closer to God. Oh, my. Even many grab this to an extent. And I've seen unsaved folks. Well, I got the Word of God with me. I'll be all right. Huh? But it's, you use this as a symbol. God, if you don't know this, it's no good to you for one thing. But then if you know it and aren't walking in it, it's still no good to you. Huh? So you just can't uh, use God. Huh? He has told us, make no image of God, of himself, and worship no other God. We think about Moses and the bronze servant, serpent, how God was instructed him to build it, to make it. And people that would go to it after they had been bitten could look on it for healing. Uh, later, Hezekiah breaks this serpent up because they began to worship it. They did not see God's power working in and through this. God is a jealous God, and he desires for us to have no other God before him. So the commandment is not forbidding art or paintings, because when we look in the book again here of uh, Exodus 31, we see where God gifted some people, two guys. He left me out. I'm no good at nothing. Oh, I like to do yard. I like to clean house, and I like to do yard work. So I think I'm pretty good at that. But all this other stuff, 
God gifted Bazel, and he also gifted Olab with the ability of art and craftsmen. Exodus 31, verses 2 and 3. The Lord told Moses, I have chosen these men of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled them with the Spirit of God, with skill, ability, and knowledge in all kinds of crafts. And then verse 4 says, To make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze. To cut and set stones. To work in wood and to engage in all kinds of craftsmanship. Amen? Does this sound like a God that is against artistic work? And that and that is. Moreover, it says, I have appointed Olab and, uh, of the tribe of Dan to help him. Also, I have given skill to all the craftsmen to make everything I have commanded you. They receive the Spirit of God. We can do nothing without God's Spirit. We, can't, we can do nothing without God setting forth the, 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 the opportunity for us to get to do it. And these guys were anointed, and they were given the ability to do these things. So he is a God that desires beauty, but he desires our true worship. Therefore, we have to say, We've got to worship God His way. Amen. Now, and I didn't say this last night, but, um, you know, lifting up holy hands in the sanctuary, blessing the Lord. That's His way. Huh? Shout out with your voice. The Bible says it. With the voice of triumph. That's God's way. Make a joyful noise. Huh? Noise unto the Lord, all ye land. That's God's way. Serve the Lord with what? Gladness. Huh? You get glad, what is the first thing you do? Woo! Huh? And oh, clap your hands, all ye people, the word says. Praise God. Shout out with the voice of triumph. This is God's way. We worship Him that way, and we worship Him by how we treat one another. Now, I know y'all have heard that before. Amen. We worship Him as to how we love one another. Praise God. We, we worship Him so that when the world looks at us, even though they don't have Christ, they can truly see a difference. This is worshiping God His way. Worship Him, John 4, 23 and 24 says, 
to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Amen. You got to have his spirit. You got to have his word. That way you can worship him. Hallelujah. Stop saying, oh, Ralph, I just want to be like you doing everything. Stop saying that. It's right here. It's for you, too. This tells us all we can lift our hands. We can say amen. Hallelujah. We can give God the glory. Amen. Why do I say that? It's because God created us in his image after his likeness. Amen. And uh, for that reason, he doesn't need a cross. He doesn't need any of the other man-made things for us to go to, to share with the world. He can use us. We're his craftiness, right? He made us, and he wants us to let it shine. He revealed, Jesus did, God, and because Jesus is God. The Word became flesh. And what happened? It dwelt among us. John says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was, talk to me, with God. And the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Amen. Jesus revealed who our God is and what he is like. Praise the Lord. Worship him in fact and in faith. Because without faith, it is impossible to please him. And without faith in the one true God, all the crosses and all the angels and all the other that we carry around is not going to work for us. I have a friend, he was at church last night, and uh, he can make anything, anything. And he saw my cross, and then he, uh, I saw something he had. It was a round circle piece of wood, and inside of it had three crosses. I said, oh, how unique is that? That is so wonderful. And two days later, here he come with some, two of them made for me. And I was wearing it around my neck and everything. And you know what I use all of this for? Conversation pieces. Praise the Lord. Some folks say, I just don't know how to witness to anybody. I don't know what to say. They see something like that and make a remark of it, and then you can... Share with them. I don't wear them because I feel I got God close to me. Amen. Somebody, um, because they, they don't always represent what we think they are. I wear crosses a lot. And I have been places, especially in the hospital, and they'll, People will walk up, oh, I need you to go pray. I know when Clint was over there, I got stuck praying for four other people while I was there. They see a cross. One lady uh, saw the cross, and she says, oh, I just knew you was a minister of God because I had the cross on. 
And uh, she says, and, and aren't you Catholic? I said, oh, no. I said, I'm apostolic Pentecostal. <laughs> and I said, I attend non-denominational church, Christ Community Church. Well, that cooled her down a little. <laughs> but you can't always go on what you see. But it will bring up a conversation. And I was able to share. Well, I am. Amen. Jesus demands more than just an outward show. Huh? We got to walk in the Spirit. We got to live it because people are watching. Huh? They're paying attention to our every move. Hallelujah. And we've got to uh, be a good example. So therefore, we worship God from the heart. We worship Him with our whole soul and body. We submit ourselves to God. Romans 12 and 1 says to present your bodies, this created body of God, a living sacrifice, and not just part of it, but holy and acceptable unto him. And you really haven't done much, because the Bible said that's your reasonable service. And it tells us to be not conformed to this world, hallelujah, but be ye transformed by what? The renewing of our mind. Amen. So, Jesus has made it possible for us to see this invisible God. Colossians 1.15. Talking about Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. And I'll read the 16.4. By him all things were created. Things in heaven and in earth. Visible and invisible. Praise God. God made me. He made me in his image. There's a song like that. He made me just like him. Hallelujah. Say, well, what about me? He made all humans in his image, right? And after his likeness, he did what created them. And when he created Adam and Eve, it was male and female. Praise God. So we see God through one another. Huh? We've got God, and our light must shine so that the world may see our way of living. Huh? I know it says good works, but our way of living. And then they'll say, oh my, they'll give God the glory. 
especially when we talk about people that we may have had odds with and the world knows about it and we're filled now with the Spirit, we're Christians and the world sees how we treat the person we had odds with. All they can say is, Lord, I remember they wasn't even speaking to one another. But wonder what's happened now. Huh? Maybe it's our speech. And they can say, oh, he's one of them. He's been with Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Jesus is flesh and deity and spirit. Therefore, we don't need knowing what he is, who he is, his creation. We don't need pictures. They're all right. We don't need statues. They're okay. We don't even need icons. Hallelujah. Because Jesus is our icon. He paid it all. And all to him we owe. We have this icon, Jesus Christ, the express image of the invisible God. Huh? Amen. He has the place of honor. Glory to God. And we can see him in his throne. Christians today, we have been made and created in the image of God to show forth His goodness and His kindness toward all men. We are the chosen one, so the Bible says. We are the city that is set on a hill and can be hid. We are the light of the world that cannot be hid. This is what God wants from us. To let our light so shine that he, the world might see and give him glory. There's none like our God. There's no God like our God. There's many gods, but there's only one true God. God, the man we serve, he's free of any barriers. Praise the Lord. The universe is his. His, his isn't limited to any one location. Huh? He's Alpha, Omega. He's the beginning. He's the end. He's the first, he's the last, he was, and is, and is to come. Hallelujah. Amen. There's none like our God. Things made to feel the presence of God or to represent God undermine God's freedom. Huh? Let's see what the Bible says about how much freedom he's got here. Psalms. I don't think I gave him this, but Psalms 139. 
God's freedom, God's omnipotent, all-knowing, omniscient, and omnipresent. He's everywhere. Verse 7 says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. King James says, if I make my bed in hell, huh? you're there. If I raise, uh, rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will uphold me fast. If I surely, if I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to my God. Hallelujah. Huh? The night will shine like the day. Praise the Lord. Because he's everywhere. For darkness is as light to you, O God. What a mighty God we serve. You see his freedom? Huh? You see the freedom of God? Amen. And he gets jealous when we serve, worship, or make anything that we think is going to draw us closer to him. He gets jealous. He wants us to serve him, to live for him, and to worship him his way in spirit and in truth. Now, if you're in here today and don't have the Spirit of God, if you haven't been forgiven of your sins, or if you haven't even asked God for forgiveness, don't have the Spirit of God, then you ought to think about it and do something about it today. This is the only way we can worship Him. And He desires us to be the example, the light of Him. Amen? Churches today are built on people's felt needs. Somebody asked me today, are you going to talk about anybody that's not Save. I can't talk unless I throw that out. Because that's, that's the good news. Jesus died that we might be saved. Jesus died that we might have forgiveness. Jesus died that we might have a new life in him. So it's, we have to go beyond folks' need, feelings. And a lot of times what they need, amen, people are begging for money and we're promising them this and that or the other. And if you bring a $50 offering, God is going to bless you in three days with the Mercedes Benz or blah, blah, blah. Huh? Amen. And people, the world is falling for that. But God's way. Build the church of God, build the people of God, build uh, them by edifying them and teaching just like we're striving to do here at Christ's community. 
how many are being effective with the home Bible readings and things of that sort. Hallelujah. There's one hand. There's another one. Any others? Amen. We got some other books coming later on that's going to get us all involved in home devotion. Praise the Lord. It's so important. Teaching. And not just by entertaining. I read this somewhere. We win them with what we win them too. And I was reading in Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come unto me, win them to Jesus. Come unto me, all ye that are weary and are heavy laden. And he says, I will give you rest. And then take my yoke upon you. And learn of me. We've got to teach them. Teach them the word. Because in the beginning was the word. It was with God. And it was God. Hallelujah. Our icon, our, our idol, amen, ought to be in the word of God. And things he has said. Praise the Lord. Take this home with you. I don't know if I will. Oh, doing pretty good. Huh? Doing pretty good. I better do it right. That way I might get another chance. Yeah. <laughs> but we praise God for you here today. And I trust as you leave that you will let this sink in in your own way. Reread it for yourself. Amen. Let's pray. We thank you, Almighty God. For another glorious day. For how you've been with us. How you've spoken to us. So I ask now. Let the words of my mouth. And the meditation of my heart. Be acceptable in your sight. Oh Lord you're my strength. You're our redeemer. It's in Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. Now you are dismissed. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. You're, you're dismissed to go, but I'm trying to be a preacher. <laughs> and I want to say, I, I'm mimicking something here. As you go out, don't forget the buckets by the door. <laughs> that way I may get another chance to come up. Y'all be good. God bless you. Christ Community Church, located at 25th and Thomas Avenue in Portsmouth, Ohio. Christ Community meets on Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 10.30 a.m. For more information, visit www.christcommunity.net or check out our Facebook page.